Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Made For More podcast. Today's uh, today's guest actually comes all the way from San Diego in California. I am interviewing and having an amazing discussion with Jared Schuster. He's an entrepreneur, a speaker, a world traveler, a life coach. Jared serves as a guide for those who are ready to uncover their blockages, unveil their life's purpose and unleash their inner alchemist. It is his his life's mission to teach others the powers of manifestation, success, and the laws of attraction. And you might be thinking, oh, it's a bit of a funny topic to have on a leadership podcast. But in fact, so much of how we show up and work with people and show up in a way where we can serve has to do with manifestation, success, and of course, the law of attraction. I loved having this discussion with Jared. He's got an amazing story of some of the adventures he has been on. Let's dive in. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Made For More podcast. I'll be sharing my experiences along with some actionable advice to take your leadership to the next level. Introducing your host, it's me, Ali Nitschke. I'm a leadership and courageous conversations expert, a Nutella lover, a mother of four young boys, a wife and a dance floor junkie. I'm here to give you the motivation you need to level up, lead yourself, lead your team and your business. Let's go. and welcome to the Made For More podcast. I'm very excited to have with me a very special very special guest. Hello, Jared. How are you? Hi, Ellie. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I am a very special Jared. <laughs> you are a very special Jared. The perks of recording is, you know, you get to you just kind of get whatever comes out at the same time. So Jared, before we get too far into today's amazing episode, I'm really looking forward to it. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about where you have come from and how you've got to be where you are right now today? I'd be happy to. I've come from quite the journey. I'm going to try and condense it down into some, some nuggets for everybody listening. So, I mean, my journey really starts as, as a young kid at six years old, I lost my father to the AIDS virus and I never quite really understood how to, how to cope with that. You know, I had a very supportive, Mm -hmm. loving family around it, but I never really had the tools and the skills to understand what this really meant. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was always like this search way outside of myself. Mm -hmm. And that search led to me clinging to money and building up this vision of what success is. And success to me growing up was always associated with money. So Mm -hmm. at the age of seven, I started my first business. I was selling Mm -hmm. stationery door to door, selling juice boxes, candy bars at school, just hustling most of my life. Had my first job at 13, following a pretty conventional path. Everybody around me really supporting me and, you know, reminding me I'm great at business. You're great at sales. You're going to be so successful in life. Again, putting on these they were compliments, but almost these limiting beliefs around myself. I created my whole identity around, I'm going to be this successful businessman or entrepreneur. I followed the conventional path. I went to a, one of the top universities in the United States. I got my degree in business and marketing and ended up working for a startup right out of university. That flew me to Los Angeles. I'm from the Midwest, Chicago, if you're familiar with, with the States. And it was my first time ever in California. And I got off that plane. I knew nothing about the job that I was interviewing for. And I was like, the ocean and the mountains? 
whatever this job is sold. Yeah. I'm, I will do whatever it takes to, to get employed here. So I got offered the job and it coincided with me beginning to learn how to surf and connect with the ocean. And for me, that was like the rawest, most pure form of connection to mother nature I had ever experienced in my life. Amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> and so I started that path of following the career, putting in, you know, the 40, 50 hours a week. Like I said, it was a startup. I was top 10% in the company in sales, helped them build a brand new division. And it really coincided with the day that I had first learned to catch a real wave. This was about nine months into this, this career job that school had, you know, the sh- I followed the path of the shoulds of you should get good grades because you should yeah. go to a good college yeah. because you should get a good job. Yeah. And so nine months in the day after I caught that first wave, I sat down at my desk and it was panic set in. It was as if the walls were closing in. My cubicle felt smaller than it ever did to begin with. <laughs> yeah. And I realized that I hit burnout mm. nine months into this job that had been, you know, on paper was everything. It mm. had checked so many of the boxes and it was this realization of, I don't want to do this every day. I don't want to dedicate the next 40 years of my life to living someone else's dream. Mm. I'm made for something more Mm. for your podcast right there. That's right. It was true. It was that feeling. And so I decided to quit that job. And like I said, I chased success and I was chasing money. And as we get on, you'll understand I'm a very spiritually in tune person. So I refer to the universe. Other people can call it God or spirit source, whatever you want to call it. I refer to it as the universe. And so the next job that I took, the universe led me to Malibu, California, which is home of our world's rich and famous. Yeah. So I was working at a high-end sushi restaurant. This was allowing me the lifestyle of my dreams. I could surf every day. I could be outside. And then my nights were filled with networking with every celebrity you could think of, having awesome conversations with them, but really seeing and learning a whole new perspective on money. And it really kind of peeled back that layer and almost shattered that dream of mine that money equals happiness. Mm-hmm. It was my first time realizing that these people who on the outside, we look at, we idolize that have everything, the fancy car, the nice house, they have all the money, they must be so happy. And they were still searching as much as anybody else. It was yes. just maybe in a different area of their life. Isn't so that, I continued to... So I was going to say, isn't that interesting that, you know, when you had your job that by all, all external views, you had reached this, you know, pinnacle of success and yet you weren't happy. And then the people that we idolize in society of being successful, the rich and famous, the, the celebrities, and yet we're all still looking. Carry on. Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, absolutely. And it, it's hard to convince people to believe it of like everybody says, you know, well, give me a million dollars and I'll be happy. But mm. We're, we're all on the same level playing field, no matter where we're at in our lives, because there's yeah. always pieces or something missing that we're yeah. searching for. Yeah. So I continued my work there and I decided I need to take a break from that world too. This is when I started really tapping into more of what I wanted. I wanted to let go of this idea that money was everything. It was time mm-hmm. to stop chasing that. So I took three months off and I backpacked around Europe and I did your pretty typical 20 something year old European trip and just partied and visited all these cities and met amazing people. And it was awesome. And then I came back from that trip and I worked for about six to eight more months and I felt the calling. It was just, it's time I need to go. 
yeah. somewhere else. I have to get outside of this bubble, this comfort zone that I had created for myself and experience more of myself and life. Mm-hmm. And so I decided I was going to take six months off. And all I could think of was Thailand and Indonesia, Thailand to experience the Buddhist culture and the people and the food, Indonesia, mm-hmm. I just chased the, the endless summer and surf a bunch. Yeah. And it was Christmas day sitting in Indo. And I was looking at a world map. And I saw on the map that well, all that I could see on the map really was India. India was just calling me. Yeah. And so I finagled my way to get a visa and I I went to India and booked myself into a 200 hour yoga teacher training and studied under some yogis there and then traveled around India. Yeah. And I was convinced that I was learning these tools to bring them back to the States to become a yoga teacher and share Mm -hmm. this wisdom that I had just spent months of my life studying. Mm. The universe had something very different in store for me with these tools. Mm. So I was home for two weeks. I was back in the States for two weeks and I was driving home from work one night and I was in a a car collision, a head-on collision and had Mm. both of my legs broken, Mm. scarring all over my body and a lot of trauma to heal. And that's when I realized that's why I went to India India prepared me for this episode that was coming very soon in my life. Had I not gone to India, I probably would have not survived this accident. Yeah. So a year spent in my bed, it was just using these tools of meditation, mindset, working on the internal level of healing. Mm. Mm. So as soon as I was well enough to walk again, I booked myself into a 12-day, five-ceremony healing retreat in the Andes Mountains of Ecuador. My second ceremony just changed my life forever. I healed 18 years worth of baggage. I decided to let go of all this baggage that had been holding me back in about 20 hours. Hardest work of my life. Most rewarding work of my life. So for everyone that's listening, there's so, there's so many things I want to go back on. But when we're talking about your time in Ecuador with your five ceremonies, what is a ceremony? How did you know that that is where you needed to be? So with ceremony, we worked a lot with plant medicine and indigenous wisdom. So you're working with shamans who have studied and passed down these ancient healing techniques for a long time. What's different between ceremony and Western modalities of healing is you're healing on an extremely deep cellular soul level Mm. of, I've noticed that in the West, we are conditioned and taught that to put band-aids on our emotions or when you fall down and scrape your knee, you put a band-aid on it. And our brain is covered in all these little band-aids that have made us who we are, but they're still, they haven't fully healed our traumas or the aspects that are holding us back from being the best self that we can be. Mm. What ceremony does is it, it works within your spirit and it works with your connection to the divine power, the universe, mother earth, Again, whatever it is, and it mm. allows you to face the things that you've been running from most of your life. Mm. It gives you nowhere to run to but to look in the mirror and realize what's been holding you back this whole time. And when you think about before, obviously, you were um, recovering from your accident, so had physical trauma as well as some, I guess, emotional trauma caught up with that and the loss of your dad. So when you think about when you went there, 
versus when you left and you're talking about, you know, having holding up a mirror to yourself and letting go of all of the things that were holding you back. What was some of the deepest learnings that you, you know, we'll dive straight into the good stuff. Hey, what was some of the deepest learnings that, you know, when you held up a mirror, you're like, holy heck, now that I can see that in the mirror, I need to dot, dot, dot. I think one of the, the deepest learnings, the deepest healing I had to do was recognizing that I was holding on to anger as Oof, a child that yeah. I had never quite understood what that meant, that I was angry at my dad. You know, he didn't, mm. of course, choose to, to die. But mm. as a child, you you don't understand that. And then mm. it manifests into your you hold on to it through adulthood. Mm. And I realized that all this sadness I had been carrying around was really an anger. I mm. felt as if he had abandoned my mom, my sister and I, that he had yeah. left us. Yeah. So that was profound. One yeah. of my, I'd say, biggest tools and takeaways was learning about the power of gratitude, mm. of recognizing all the hard stuff that I had been through in my life, but being grateful for the hardest stuff because it had prepared me to be who I am today, mm. that I decided not to stay stuck in this victim consciousness, that mm -hmm. second I shine gratitude onto a tough situation is when the lessons reveal themselves and I can move forward. Yeah. So- yeah, that's amazing. I lost my dad as a child as well. And I can certainly uh, agree, I think with the, you know, as children, we kind of process these things a little bit differently. And we do tend to get angry because, you know, we don't have that spectrum, or we don't know how to name that spectrum of emotions in those early formative years, or even, you know, in those mushy frontal cortex years of being a teenager. So your ceremony two was the hardest one. What, what about ceremony three, four and five? What were they like? Was that just next level, next layer? Yeah, that, I think that sums it up. There were, each ceremony is very different there. So yeah. it's, it was this whole death and rebirth. So you're putting the pieces back together. So each one, I mean, we worked in sweat lodges and those were extremely challenging in a very different kind of way, a very yeah. physical, more mental test. So yeah. I say that second one was the hardest because that's the one where I chose to fully show up and release. The other yeah. ceremonies were just me putting the pieces back together. So there was still a lot of work to do. Yeah. And actually, after that second ceremony, I went to the owner of the center and I said, I, I have to be a part of this. I knew yeah. that these five weren't going to be enough for me. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. she told me to, to come back in three months and I can live there. Yeah, so cool. I went back to L.A. I sold everything I owned and then I moved my entire life to this healing center where I spent six months not only working on myself looking in my mirror, mm -hmm. but learning from over 200 people that came through this center from all over the world, looking in their mirror, which when you are in ceremony, realize that all our mirrors are the same. We attach mm -hmm. different situations mm -hmm. to them, but it's the same emotions behind it, that what Whoa. you've been through is identical to what I've been through. And yes. that was life-changing to understand Holy that. smokes. And tell me, when you came back to LA for that three-month interim period, did LA seem different or did you seem different? What, how was that like period? Cause you knew you were going to go back to Ecuador to the healing center, but you had obviously come back as a different person, having released a lot of anger, a lot of emotion rebuilt. What was that three months like back in uh, mainstream Western world? Well, in all honesty, it wasn't really three months. It was probably two or three weeks. Oh, I was cool, so right. ready to, be done. I knew that yeah. that chapter was, was done. Los Angeles was not serving me anymore. It's a yeah. very hard city to, to live in. 
for many reasons we don't need to get into, but for me, it just like, I knew my time there had served its purpose. So I said my goodbyes, I sold everything and to kill the time before I could go back to Ecuador, I actually went back to Europe and I worked at a surf lodge in Portugal and I visited friends. I have a sister in Spain. So I just did this kind of pre-soul journey before moving to Ecuador, but I was so ready to just leave Los Angeles behind. I knew it was, it was time to let it go. Mm. Mm. That's amazing. So after you've spent all this time with, you know, your 200 people that have, you've looked in all of their mirrors and, you know, shared these life-changing experiences with people, what have been your lessons or what's the aim now is to spread this to the rest of the world? Or, you know, do you want to spend forever in ceremony? It'd be nice, wouldn't it, to uh, be able to live live in Ecuador and live that way. But what is the plan? What's your, what did, what was your learnings from this that now is, you know, this is your future path? Yeah. So in the, in the moment of it, of course, it's like when when I talk about my time living on that property, I say, if you ever seen Harry Potter or the X-Men movies, they're the training Academy or Harry Potter school. I was there. And I don't even say that like jokingly, it was as real. It was every day was magic. Every day was unbelievable healing going on. But I also knew that it wasn't a lifelong sustainable path for me. Yeah. That I I heard loud and clear that when I knew my time there was coming to a close, that my work was to take these teachings and then now integrate them in my life. Mm-hmm. That staying in ceremony doesn't help those around you. Yeah. That the idea of ceremony is to go into ceremony, do your work, get your messages of what you need to do and go and live them. And then you get called energetically or what, however you come back, the, the plants, the shaman, whatever way you get there, you'll return if you're meant to, but the work is to go put it out in the world. We have a lot of work to do in our world right now. And the work is to raise the vibration of our earth. We need to come back together as humanity and start spreading, bringing more love into everything we do. And so what I'm doing today is, you know, I'm the founder of a brand sparks of consciousness and I'm under the, the bubble of what we all identify as coaching. So I do small business coaching and life purpose coaching. And my work is to just work with people, hold space for them, help them be accountable and return to dreaming. Mm. And that's it. Like connecting back to that inner child and remembering that we were once this child with massive dreams and reminding people that we can dream you, you can have the life as big as you can dream it. Yeah. It's only up to you if you talk yourself out of it. So my work is to take all these teachings and all these people who I've seen become a better version of themselves and helps quote unquote spark that consciousness within other people. Yeah, I love I love the name of your business. When it came through on my email, I was like, hmm, who is Jared and what does what do we have to learn? And if you uh, jump onto your website and I'll put the link into the show notes, there's just the most amazing uh, photos there of you and your experiences, you know, in the surf, in Ecuador, stoking a, stoking a massive fire. What is it? A smoke? What's that called? A smoke fire? Smoke house? Smoke the fire stoking that you did? Yeah, stoking the fire, (laughs) smoking the fire. Don't do that. And I think it's so interesting. And I've just spent the last couple of days in your course going through some of the learnings that you 
are bringing back or, you know, trying to integrate into Western world, into business when we're all, you know, in such this busy space being busy, 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 and you are 100% right. Love will always, always win out in my, in my book. So talk a little bit around, you know, what are some of these lessons that you think we need to learn, you know, from a humanity perspective or even, you know, at that that individual so that we can start raising this vibration that you're talking about? What is your keys? Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. I built this course. It's called the Life Alchemy Eight-Day Masterclass on Manifestation. I start each day. It's self-guided, so it's all pre-recorded videos for you to work at your own pace on it. But each day is methodically starts with a grounding technique. And this, I put this in there very intentionally because this is where we all need to start. There are so many things keeping us busy, keeping us distracted, keeping us numb right now Mm. in our lives, every Mm -hmm. single one of us, including Mm -hmm. myself. And what grounding techniques do is they bring you to the present moment. And in the present moment is where we can do our best work. That is the only place we should be operating from to do your physical work, your mental work, your emotional work, your spiritual work, whatever Mm. you define as your work. You need to be grounded in order to do it. So each day we start off with a different grounding technique and I teach them for you to use and implement throughout your day. When you're feeling stressed, you're feeling anxious, you're feeling low on energy. Mm. So that would be definitely one thing is we all need to start understanding more the power of the present moment. Yeah. I believe that it starts, I, I see things very visually of at the center of a circle is, is you and yourself. And that's where everything needs to start. It all starts with you need to go within. We need mm-hmm. to stop fearing the silence. We need to be more comfortable with the stillness and go within and start asking ourselves, what's fueling me? What am I passionate about? What impact do I want to have on this world? Yeah. And after you've answered those questions, you expand your circle a little bit more. And it's like, how am I going to show up? How can I serve those around me? How can I serve my community? But we all need to do this work of starting with ourselves. Self compassion is the first piece that. I believe we need to, to start incorporating more. I'm also a huge proponent on communication. I think we've really lost our ways and have forgotten how we need to talk to one another in our world. Uh, yeah. Especially nowadays, it's, we're, we're behind screens all day. We're, we're fearing people around us outside. And it's, it's all good to take precautions at whatever level is comfortable. But at the end of the day, we're all brothers and sisters of this earth. And we need to remember that. That everything that's dividing us right now is coming from sources so far outside of ourselves that that it's up to us to choose whether we want to let that control our lives or mm. if we want to take our own personal control of our lives. Oh, 100%. I, I love that so much. And you know that a lot of the work that we do at Made For More is working with leaders. And I think that this is becoming more and more mainstream. Like it's a bit woo-woo right now in the Western world, but I think it's becoming more and more mainstream in terms of, you know, this term that we keep hearing about this resilience and psychological safety, but so much of that comes around, you know, exactly what you're saying is what we need from a humanity perspective is being still in that silence or being able to be comfortable in that silence. You know, the self-compassion after last year, I think, you know, there's a lot of the people that I work with, the leaders that I work with are really beating themselves up or have completely reached breaking point because they've been giving and giving and giving rather than doing some of that inside out work or some of that grounding work so that they do have the energy to get up the next day, get up and show up for their teams and for their family and for their partner and, you know, the community and everyone that, you know, we need to be 
on for is so, so important. And uh, you are 100% right. You know, communication has definitely, we've gotten really good at texting and not so really good at, at talking to each other. And it's this dying art, this conversation piece sadly, which I think we do need to start recognizing as it's one of those those skills that's getting lost over time. Mm-hmm. I see yeah. a lot of talking at each other instead of talking to and with one another. 100%. And I, you know, we're spewing our opinions on and refusing to listen to anybody else's views on things. Yeah. And that's creating a lot of divide. And so what what does holding space mean? And this yeah. is a question I would just pose to whoever's listening of what does that mean to you? How can you hold more space? How can yeah. you just take on and just hold space for those you love or somebody you don't love. What can you learn? What is this person here to teach you? Instead of looking at somebody as my enemy or the line has been drawn. It's like, why is this person in my life? Let's go back to the mirror. Let's look at that mirror. This person is a mirror. There's something for me to learn here. Mm. Instead of feeling attacked or whatever, you know, this, this to me touches on what mindfulness is, these, these buzzwords that are going around in our world. But what, what perspective are we looking at things on in our life? Mm. And how we feel on the inside is a direct reflection of what's going on on the outside. So if you constantly feel like you're being attacked in the world, it's like, well, we're, we're, we're walking out our same doors and I'm not feeling attacked. So maybe there's something going on in you that's, that's welcoming that energy of constantly feeling attacked. So how yeah. can you shift your perspective within to see the world as, as this bright, beautiful place that it is if you choose to yeah. see it that way? Oh my gosh, you just hit the nail on the head. How are you choosing to see it and how do you want to choose to see it? And I think that is just such oh, a magical gift when you can start recognizing that they're the questions you need to be asking if you are feeling and you know less less than living in this beautiful world, then start looking around at what is it that you're choosing to view through your mirror. So for those that are listening today and they're like, you know what, this actually is sparking my consciousness. See what I did there? Where can people find you? Where do you like to hang out? My website, www.sparksofconsciousness.com. I'm very active on LinkedIn. I love connecting with people. So if anybody's listening to this and just finds value in anything we've talked about, just a simple shout and a connection. Maybe we set up a little meet and greet and just have a chat and see where things go. So you can find me, Jared Schuster on LinkedIn. I just recently started an Instagram. You know, I'm navigating the the more human world of creating a business right now. Right. So, uh, Sparks of consciousness on Instagram. I'd love love some help building that out. Fantastic. Facebook or just shoot me an email, Jared at sparksofconsciousness.com. I love this so much. And I mentioned I've been going through or when my four, I think I'm on day four now of your manifestation course. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I mentioned a little bit. So each day starts with a different grounding technique and each day takes no more than 15 minutes of your time. Yeah. So you begin each day with a grounding technique. You learn how to come to the present moment, get nice and centered. And then we dive into a different theme. I have created what I call the hierarchy of what it takes to manifest your dreams. We're going to break down what the difference between a wish and a manifestation is, how we can create the dream life that that we are all entitled to have. But what does that mean to you? Not by society standards, but by your heart standards. So day one, for instance, starts with your vision. Let's create a very strong vision of whatever it is that you want to achieve. And then we're going to build a desire around it. We're going to talk about intention and how to set an intention, what that does to, to establish your day. The big piece we're going to discuss is action. How do we break down this giant idea in your head into actionable steps. It's not about taking giant leaps. It's about taking little steps. What's one thing that I can do today that gets me closer to my goal? 
if, if it's just picking up the phone to make that call that you've been avoiding or shoot, shoot that email, it's like, awesome. That's all you need to start doing. How can you get that motivation going to get, it's like that snowball effect. It starts mm-hmm. off small, rolls down the hill and gets bigger and bigger and bigger and faster and stronger. And that's how we start achieving our, our dreams. So it takes eight days. And I, I would just love to hear the feedback and, and how people find value. And it. it's been a passion of mine to share these tools. I've been using them my entire life. I have manifested and applied these principles to so many aspects of my life. My whole life today is a complete product of manifesting down to yeah. my relationships, the work that I'm doing, the house I'm living in. You know, I'm not, I'm not promoting that I'm living in some multi-million dollar beach house, but I live right near the beach. I'm in my, my dream surf cottage because this is what I want. This is how I define success. Yeah. So let's define it for you out there and let, let's get it going. It's time. It's time. It's time to build your dream. I love it. As I mentioned, I'm four days in and I just love so much that it's something that you can do. You don't need to have any anything fancy. And just getting back to that grounding technique has been uh, really refreshing for me. So thank you so much. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you for uh, sharing your amazing, incredible story. I'm sure there's so many people that are inspired to perhaps have a look in their own mirror and see what it is that they need to shift uh, because we've all got this amazing choice. Uh, If you're looking to get more information and uh, touch base with Jared, check out the show notes. I'll pop all of the details in there. Otherwise, thank you again for sharing, Jared. It's been awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode on the Made For More podcast, please make sure you subscribe to receive future episodes. And of course, five-star reviews are always welcome on the Apple podcast. If you'd like a copy of the show notes or any of the links mentioned today, check out madeformore.com.au forward slash podcast. And of course, if we aren't connected already, you can find me in all the usual places. Ali Nitschke on LinkedIn, Ali.MadeForMore on Facebook and Instagram. I hope you have an awesome week and I'll catch you again soon. Bye-bye.